tihei mauri ora. No mai piki mai ki te MTEL podcast. Ko ganda ho. And this week on the MTEL podcast, I'm joined by Ryan Tapsell and Kahu Faraloa, who are ex-colleagues of mine from Gizmo Boys High School, who are going to talk about how we can connect with communities and how we can tailor the learning in our classes more like real life that our young students experience and building those connections between it. It was wonderful to see all those of you at the workshop this last weekend. I really hope you enjoyed it. There was a lot of time and effort gone into planning it and resourcing it and making it a really worthwhile learning experience by everyone involved. Uh, So thank you if you were there. I really do hope it was an excellent learning experience. I'm sure there was plenty of challenging conversations. And if it was anything like the Google Plus conversations that have been leading up to this workshop, I hope it was a fulfilling learning experience for all of you. Now, we did have an opportunity to talk about the artifacts briefly, and I would love it if you could always go back to that spreadsheet which we started creating our ideas on, look at other people's ideas, and collaborate on creating a really worthwhile artifact that is authentic in your context. Start thinking about the identification and justification of that artifact. Why are you creating it? Who are you creating it for? How do you know that it's something that is needed in your practice? This week, uh, looking at communities, there are some really, really good springboard resources that could help you in underpinning your artifact with that relevant cultural and professional knowledge, which is essential for all the assessments. And I would really like you to also look into uh, the holistic health models that are associated with the content this week. How do they support the learner beyond the classroom? One of the key points from the podcast today uh, that Ryan and Kahu make are we really need to start with the basics. Before we do look into these holistic models of health, the learners need to understand who they are and where they come from. And as Kahu says in the podcast, these are the foundations on which we, as the educators and perhaps the builders of the learning, need to establish and the learners are the only ones that can uh, can um, let us know what that's like or we have to find out in another way as Anne Milne said one of the strong themes that I took away from her talk was the idea that our job as professionals and our job as educators is not to rely on the learners to tell us what they're good at or what they enjoy it's for us as educators to find out those intrinsic expertise and skills which our learners have in ways which may be be beyond asking them straight up face to face many learners won't let us know what they are so we have to use all of our connections to find out what they are and of course connecting with the community can be one of those ways in which we can do that some of the uh, really interesting points that Kahu and Ryan cover in this uh, interview is around how you can build that identity in your into your class how can you create a kawa, not only with your own class, which I know many of you have done, but throughout all the classes which the learners in that class are with? Particularly with our younger students in our year 9 and 10 classes, many of those classes are grouped together for a lot of their subjects. How can you get together all the maths teachers, all the science teachers, and all the English teachers that they're perhaps streamed with to have a hui around what the kawa is? And how can you allow agency of the learners to be able to create that color so it's even more powerful. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, I really hope there's some interesting points that you can take away and understand may be influential in your practice. And I'd love it if you had any questions, pass them on to me 
and I will um, pass them on to Kahu and Ryan and they'll be more than happy to answer and support you guys in whatever you're doing as they are passionate educators and see the jobs that you are doing as uh, essentially important in the future of education in New Zealand. Nā mihi nui kia koutou. Mōrana kōrua, ki te aha. Ki te pai. Mōrana nea hoa, ki te pai. Thanks for joining me this morning, guys. We're in a lovely, uh, warm Whakaero shed here at Gisborne Boys High School. Um, I just wanted to talk to, to both of you to begin with around a common theme, which is one of the questions that we have in our paper, Society and Learning, which is how do you define success as Māori? Um, whatever it is that they do, they do it well. Um, that they're successful in their own lives. Um, it's great when we see students that we've had in the past, you know, they come up to you and say hello and introduce you to their families, their kids, what they're doing, you know, how they're getting on in life. You know, that's, that's what I see as, as success, you know, whether they be um, at university or, you know, um, taking control of, of a, you know, a gang of forestry workers in the forestry, running their own contracts with mm. their own fleet of vehicles. And yeah. that's, that's wicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lucky so defining their own success essentially, or yeah. and I, you know, I think that's probably success for everyone, really. You as know, long so. as they're happy with whatever they're doing. Gisborne mm. Boys High School, Tirangatane. For many years now, we've um, participated and practiced. That's probably a word. Um, practiced a, a lot of multicultural customs, and for a long time there, for a few years now, those multicultural customs we just practiced, and there was no really knowledge um, about those things given to all the boys, park and Māori. Mm. Um, so just recently, last year, the school gave us an opportunity to set up a tikanga course, and that was to all about um, giving all the boys, Māori and Pākehā, um, the opportunity um, to learn more about, more in depth about these cultural customs that we we practice um, throughout the year. Um, things like the pōhiri, um, the boys didn't actually know why we did certain things in there. Mm. Um, so when we get back to the question, so it was about giving the boys an opportunity to get a bit more in-depth knowledge about their, these cultural customs we carry on. So when they do them, they actually know what's going on. Mm. And that's a big thing, and we, we've already seen some um, good success come out of that. Um, the whole school, the whole junior school can all karakia, um, and they know the meaning of the karakia. Mm. Um, especially our Māori boys are really, you know, they a lot of pride when we're doing these things. Yeah, and, yeah. and in the past it was um, something that they were sort of like pushed into. Mm -hmm. um, now these our young Māori boys are... Are leading the way there. Yeah. Um, so, to me, that's given them a, a bit more mana. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, themselves and and a bit more pride in their in their culture. So yeah. So, so acknowledging it beyond the academic results, I guess you you talked about a measure because I was gonna I was gonna ask you, and it's it's a really hard question. How do you measure that success? You know, and, and a measure would be. Everyone understands the school waiata and yeah. knows the reason behind it. I mean, everyone can sing it, fine, but why are you doing it, I think, is a bigger thing. Yeah, why we do it, when you do it, um, it's, it's taking a lot of the um, tokenism gestures mm. out of the multicultural practices um, 
that we that we are part of at our school. Um, for a long time, it was just oh, we need a haka, get them into a haka. <laughs> yeah. Now it's not like that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of not just we, we so at our school we have like in terms of our Maori boys, we have about fifty boys that come from a kura Maori background, mm-hmm. and so their understanding of Maori cultural things is is um, you know pretty good. Mm-hmm. <coughs> boys that come from a mainstream background, his understanding isn't as good. So we had these boys. From the kura, you know, looking at, you know, we're doing things wrong. Mm-hmm. So it was about um, uh, fixing that. That's why, the, why that course was set up. And mm. yeah, and, and I like the point you make about it's, it's increasing the mana of those students because I remember teaching year nine classes, PE classes, and you could always notice those boys that came in from Manatuki and and those surrounding schools in the kura, and they had great leadership. But I felt that as they developed through sort of year eight, nine, ten, and eleven, that was almost squashed out of them a little bit, and they didn't always have the opportunities to celebrate that money. And for them, yeah. sometimes, like you said, there was a tokenistic, okay, guys, you go lead the hacker and so on. And it was kind of fuck a mark because it was like you only want me for this now. Yeah. And now you, I guess you're saying because we, you've introduced this tikanga, um, and it's compulsory to your Māori as well through year nine. Yeah, is that right, year nine? Yeah, and the aim is for to to um, also be compulsory at year 10 next year hopefully mm. um, and the big thing it's um, you know there's a, all the boys enjoy the class so in terms of what you're talking about measuring data the only way we can probably do that is through student voice and the student voice we are getting up getting back from the boys is 90% plus real positive Yeah, um, that's across the board from all our boys and um, yes uh, that's in tikanga and te in terms of our mainstream classes, they've seen the success of the concepts that, we, that we're delivering as part of our um, tikanga classes and mm. our te reo classes. Um, and those things are things like manaki tanga, kaitiaki tanga, um, whanaunga tanga, awhakawhanaunga tanga, um, tikanga, kawa. Those are words that everyone hears a lot of in, in our um, in our school, in our, in our community, in our society, um, but they don't actually know the meaning of that. Mm-hmm. So within those classes, we try to live those concepts and it's become really successful in those classes. And so this year, um, they try to model that across all our classrooms. So they've taken colour um, into our other classrooms. So yeah. trying to implement these, these practices that are part and parcel of Māori culture. Thing about the kawa, <coughs> the kawa is it's got to come from the from the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, if you know, in, in the past, this like to do with student um, behaviour management. Yeah, you know, um, in the past we've we've um, we've forced our our rules and stuff on the students, and <coughs> because um, it didn't come from them, you know, there's some boys would resist all the time, mm-hmm. but when it came from them, when uh, when the kawa come from them was their voices, their ideas, then they felt more. Um, they they felt that they had to abide by those yeah. rules that they'd set for themselves, themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially if it's a, a collective yeah. with your mates. If yeah. you make it by my mates, said that we ought to do, oh, I better do it because you know, always uh, more influenced by their by their peers. Yeah. 
um, a lot more than some of the, you know, some some teachers. Yeah, hard um, for sure. Because it's, you know, it's what young fellas are like. You know, <laughs> they don't follow their mate. Yeah, and yeah. if their mate say, oh, we'll do this, oh, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so the cover had to come from the boys yeah. to get the buy-in. Yeah. And, and the teachers too, the teachers that taught them. So when we did the cover this year, it was in their streams. Mm. So all the kids were in their, in, their, in their stream class. And with all the teachers that were with them in that stream class, English, their maths teachers, and they, they just formulated a, a cover. Yeah. And they all came up with the same three, yeah. three points. It was Manaki Tonga, um, Seven Hikes, Expectations. Yeah. And... Um, Tonga was, mm. was a big thing. I know a lot of the time in schools, um, you'll have your class that comes in and you establish a class colour and that sort of rolls okay once they come in the room. But I like the idea um, of measuring the success of Māori, not just in tikanga class or te class, yeah. across the whole school. And I think it's really important to establish that colour then, as you're talking about, through bringing together the math teacher for those boys, the science teacher. And, and is that how it's established? Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, so just going because probably a step further, so in the tikanga classes we discuss what kawa and tikanga are on the marae mm. and how, how um, different marae might have different kawa and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we say those are rules and protocol that, that we follow in marae we're going to have our own ones in our class and, mm. and, and it's sort of taking it from that setting and creating that that same sort of um, context within the classroom. Mm-hmm. So before we even get to what Ko said, the, the boys have a good knowledge. We've, we've, we've given them that knowledge on what kawa and what tikanga is and how it's applied within a marae setting. Yeah. And then we try and bring it from there into the classroom. Yeah. And... Like I said, like the classes all start with karaki, and what's what's really cool is in some of the mainstream classes, teachers are starting their classes with oh. karaki as a part of um, the classroom cover that will set by the boys yeah. in those streams, and, and and it's and it's really cool. Yeah. And, and that completely flips that traditional idea of um, behaviour management, I guess, isn't it? Because it's always been the teachers, this is what you've got to do. These are the school rules. Look at them; they're on the wall or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like. Let's get the kids together. Let's get these listen to the boys, and they can establish the kawa. And there's a lot more strength in that peer pressure to say, "Well, we've got to stick to this, guys, because yeah. we've said we're going to do it." It gives the boys a bit of ownership of money too, mm. you know, as opposed to the traditional classroom. As you sit down on the teacher, you listen. Yeah. And you know, you're in, in this classroom, the walls are heaven, and I'm God. <laughs> you know? But yeah, no, you're right. That's, that is changing it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it, the results are that there's, there's better, I guess it's buy-in almost, isn't it, from the, yeah. from the boys? That really fits in well with one of the themes this week, which is communicating well with the learners. And you're acknowledging our core and understanding that the learners have got a lot more to give than we often acknowledge, especially in a traditional classroom sense. When we're bringing these boys in from Kuda or other schools feeding into our school, um, one of the things that I remember we talked quite a lot about was how do we communicate and connect with the wider whānau? Um, firstly, from your guys' perspective, why is that an important element of, um, of teaching in schools? Well, you said it at the start, though, you know, when you talked about those kids that came from Manitiki, mm. and, you know, when they came into the school, there was something about them that, that set them different. Yeah. Um, that's because they came from a, a school environment where there was a lot of whānau support mm-hmm. 
families were heavily involved at Manatiki, mm. still are. Mm. And we noticed, you know, in, in, in um, parent interviews, we see the same parents all the time. Yeah. So we, we realised that it's, you know, we were trying a lot of things at the school and we were still getting the same results. Um, with, you know, we looked at getting the family involved mm-hmm. in the school more, which meant that we had to break down our barriers as teachers and <clears throat> families had to break down their bar- barriers as well mm. because, you know, a lot of the families that we wanted to target were the ones that weren't coming in. Yep. You know, they were the families that want to come to school um, for interviews or, you know, we, we'd have a kid here for five years and never met the parents, mm. you know. Mm. Um, but now we make a more, you know, concentrated effort mm. to, to, to meet all the parents. Yeah. You know, uh, we have... Um, so we started an initiative called Tufani. Um The goal of Tufani was to build the relationship between the school and the families. I think Greg um, hit, hit the nail on the head when we had our first Tufani mm. in the hall, and he pulled out this three-legged stool. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. And he only had like there was the, the, the student was the seat. I know it was the education, and there were two legs. One leg was the student. Mm-hmm. You know, represented the student. One leg represented the teachers, and there was one leg that was missing. And when he put the stool up on the on the on the table on the on the front on the podium, it fell over. <laughs> you know, so this is this is what we're struggling with. Yeah. There's one leg missing. And he pulled out this other leg, and it was family. Yeah. And he put the leg on it there, mm-hmm. you know, and it was strong. And he sat on it. Um, so that was his way of explaining how important they are in the. Their, their sons' lives because of it. after intermediate, both parents just mm. they just disappear. And the relationship changes as well. You know, you yeah. you you've both got children who've grown up to be teenagers, and and your ch- children change, don't they? Yeah. Once they get to high school, but it's, it's harder to maintain that relationship. But I think one of the ways that you can probably do it, I don't know, my kids aren't teenagers yet, is through learning and education. Mm. I know you guys are really heavily involved with with your kids' education through high school. And then again, well, it's a hard thing to measure too, mm. you know, well, how, does, how is it working, what does it look like? But I guess one way we, we measured the success was um, we, we, from so the first um, initiative, uh, initiative that we did with Tufani was having a dinner mm-hmm. with all the parents. Yeah. And then from that, you know, the, 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 the barriers are broken because you... You sit down with the parents and you have a have a kai. Mm. You know what are you going to do? And you have a kai and you sit them down with someone. You start talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, oh yeah, you know, you start connecting. Yeah. You start connecting all the dots. And, yeah. You know, oh, you realise that the parent that you're talking to was where you went to school with your brother, or you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so from that, then we identified a, a core group of parents that we called the lead group. Yeah. That had the time to come in and meet maybe every one every two months or yeah, so yeah. and we'd come together and we'd just talk about ideas about how we could help their son's education and mm. some of the things they talked about were little things like you know um, how do we how do we read the, rep- the report yeah that's right yeah I remember so yeah, yeah. didn't even know how to read the report mm. what does it mean I mean what does yeah. it mean how, what, what does it mean for my son and then um, another initiative they looked, we looked at was um, reading mm. how do we read together oh, yeah. and how 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 can I help my son at home to read better mm. and understand what he's reading? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so we, we, we had ran that a couple of times and when we looked at the Yestel 
prior to the reading of some students, some of them went up, you know, whole sub-levels. Wow. Not just one level, yeah. a whole sub-level. Um, fathers were talking to their sons a lot better yeah. because, you know, teenage boys get to a certain age, what are you going to get out? You know, they say, oh, how was your day? Uh, <laughs> what did you learn? Uh, you know, you just get a grunt. Yeah, so yeah. when they sit down and actually read together, mm-hmm. they learn how to... Um, they learn how to talk with their teenage son. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not a little kid anymore. No. You know, they just change the way they are. Mm-hmm. And fathers too had to let their barriers down because, you know, alpha male. Mm-hmm. You know, they realize, oh, yeah, maybe I need to change who I am with my son. Yeah. Blah, 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 you know. Because it's easy to ignore, you know. If you never go into the school and, you know, you get home after the boys are changing their school uniform, it's like they're not even at school. It's just they're away. You're at work and you're not around. So yeah. to make those connections, to have... Uh, to find our evening at the start of the year I remember it was an amazing experience and to sit at a table of 10 or 12 other parents who are yeah. from your form class and just have a good old chat around some kai was yeah, a really good opportunity and then the next time you rang them up and said oh look they haven't been doing their homework or they've not been at school that relationship's already established and you can yeah. and you're already like five paces ahead than yeah. you would be for that first time because usually those parents who don't come into the school are immediately expecting a negative phone call from the school to say, what's the problem, da 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 da. But if you build that nice relationship to begin with, and then also try and follow up, not just with a negative one, but just say, hey, he was awesome at school today. Yeah, I think positive feedback about their kids really fires them up, Mm. makes them real happy. Yeah. Um, Makes our kids happy too. uh, Just celebrating their successes too, you know, teachers... Oh, parents don't hear that enough, mm. I don't think. Mm. Um, yeah. mm. So Tufana was a whole school initiative mainly focused on year nine and the transition between intermediate and high school, which is a really a tough time, I think, for lots of families and lots of, um, lots of the students as well. If we're thinking about some of our participants who are at schools all over the country, they might not have the opportunity or um, maybe even the support to do something like that. What sort of things could you do as an individual classroom teacher if you wanted to build up some good relationships with the, the wider funnel, the community that the, the uh, learners come from? phone calls, you don't really, We didn't realise how much it meant to the parents mm. just hear it, get, getting a phone call from the teacher. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that yeah. we found when we got the feedback. We took it a bit further. They were not started, eh? So yeah. we were going out visiting homes, mm. um, <laughs> making contact with homes and... That was prior to the boys even coming to school. And, yeah. Um, the parents were like, expecting, you know, they were in shock that we were there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that all comes back to some some of those concepts I talked about, like whakawhanaungatanga. Yeah. Um, making those relationships with people, which yeah. is a big part of Māori culture. Yeah. And those are the families that are the hardest to reach. So doing that um, sort of opened the door for them. Yeah. Um, it's one of the pro- one of the issues, I suppose that whānau coming into kūra, into schools, is um, they're not comfortable. Mm. And, and so creating that relationship before they co- they come in is probably a big thing. So I'm not saying teachers go, go and, and visit um, all the whānau in your, um, in your class, but that's one way that, that worked for us. Um, yeah. And like Kai said, making the phone calls just as good. But in the, in the flesh, you know, that makes a huge difference. Makes um, a huge kanohi difference. kanohi, that's mm. another big part of, mm. of Māori culture. Mm. And um, 
yeah, they, like I said, a, a breakdown those those barriers because for a lot of them, teachers, a lot of Māori whānau, secondary schools, they look at teachers like policemen. Yeah, okay, they're, so. scared of, they're scared of teachers, bro. Yeah, that would be, reflect a lot of their experience at yeah. school as well, especially yeah, if they went through a mainstream for, school. So in terms of whakawhanaungatanga, not just for our teachers, for our boys, that's a big thing getting out there and... and, and even though it's in your own time, that's going to make a big difference when it gets it's in priceless. front of you in yeah. the class. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things I realised, bro, is, you know, when, we, when I did all that stuff, we all did it, mm. is how much or how intimidating teachers can be to those families. Mm. Not, not intimidating in terms of, um, you know, physically and all that, but more intellectual, they felt intimidated. Mm. And, yeah, and it stemmed back to, to their own experiences at school. Yeah. You know, they were the ones getting pulled into the principal's office, mm. put on detention, mm. or seen as, um, you know, playing up on class. But it, it wasn't because of that. It was just the way that they learnt was different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when we went out to see them and, and they came to us and then we had a big dinner together or we stayed the night, we have a whining in the hall. Mm. When they, you know, some of our teachers have a bit of a kai piper. <laughs> You know, and then next minute, you know, the, these parents are, oh, you know, they're going outside and, you know, one of the senior parents, oh, you want to come for a smoke? Last of all, I smoked with anyone in the senior management, I got hauled into the, the tension room. <laughs> so when they, when they realise that... Um, they're normal people. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> just like them, they do is, you know, they're, oh, they're not so scary after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and and you've you just got to emphasise we all want the same thing. We want yeah. the best for your for your youngsters, you know. It doesn't always end well, you know, with, with, with the stuff, you know, we had one parent where we ended up um dismissing his son, her mm. son, sorry. Um it could have been a lot worse had we not established that um, relationship with yeah. him. Because we, we, we had to in the end, but, but it was because of the boy's actions. We, there was nothing we could do. But, mm. but the mother was more understanding and, and just disappointed. Yeah. But another thing mm. that, um, in terms of, when, it's, when I think about uh, Māori learners learning as Māori, mm. <coughs> and, um, is a big thing we do in these classes is around identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, heaps of them, they know. Um, so we, we do a bit of, bit of homework, a bit of research into where they fuck a papa to, mm-hmm. how they fuck a papa into this place, how they fuck a papa into wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the boys, you, you see that in, in their eyes, really, that the way they light up, and you just say, like, you come from this person, and, and you'll fuck a papa, um, and you come from this waka, mm-hmm. and... Um, it just gives the boys a bit more um, confidence. Yeah. Because um, they know who they are now. You know, yeah. and they know that mm. on top of them is a whole lot of, um, or behind them, I should say, is, is um, all these awesome tipuna, all these awesome um, um, whānau, iwi, um, that, that, that they come from, and it sort of um, has a huge impact on the boys, eh, bro? Yeah, well, I think yeah. that's one of the... When you've got the family, when it comes to the student, identity is probably the biggest thing before you can do anything else mm. with them. Mm. It's like, you know, you, you go and build a house, but you've got to build a strong foundation. It's mm. like teachers, bro, we, 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 are, we are architects and builders of young men mm. here at, at Gizzy Boys. And, you know, we can't, we can't build a, a good, solid 
house with these boys unless they know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. identity gives them that base, and then from there we can just put, you know, scaffold, or, uh, you know, put building blocks in and build a good young young man, really, or young student, or young young woman, or, you know, whoever you're teaching. You yeah. 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 And that's all part of Faka Fanaungatanga, you know, creating those relationships. Oh, yeah, I know your dad. Oh, I know your kuru. And yeah. um, just builds from there. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and it's not just for the Māori kids, too, bro. Yeah. We're, we're like um, some of my uh, my Pākehā boys, we're two of them. They, you know, said, oh, so we're not Māori. Oh, it's all right. What's your last name? Oh, you know, William, uh, was it? Wallace. Bruce. Yeah, you know, one was a uh, what's his name? Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, not Bruce. He's he's a Bruce. Oh, Bruce. And um, this is his last name. And we we um, googled his name. So let's look for uh, what do you call those? Uh, the Chris family. Chris. Yeah, yeah. The family Chris. And we, we we found out this kid was a direct descendant from Robert the Bruce. <laughs> and there was another kid in the class, bro. And he, he went back to his mum and his rang up his grandmother and cut long story short, he found out he was a direct descendant of William Wallace, bro. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way, man. I sat the back and down the class and he goes, oh, he said, oh, I'm from William Wallace. Oh, hey, do you know who that is, bro? He goes, oh, Braveheart, boy, Braveheart. <laughs> Another kid goes, oh, yeah, I'm descended from one with the person. What? <laughs> bro, did you realise that your ancestors and, and his ancestors, we, they fought together on war way back in the day for Scotland. <laughs> Going, yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah. you know they get in, there, and that's what we do with our with our Maori kids. Is yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it there wasn't, you know, it didn't just wasn't just for our Maori kids. It was for those kids too. It's for everyone. That's the thing, and it builds those relationships like you know, the whakafanangatanga through there. You talked Kahu, around um, creating a good foundation, and you're an architect. And one of the things that we're looking at this week in relating our theory to some of the learning that's happening in the classrooms is Dury's uh, Te Whari Tapawha model. Um, and I know we spend a lot of time in health and PE looking at that. Yep. So how does that kind of support some of the things that you're doing in, um, in, in the work with well, the boys? I think before you even get to the Whari Tapawha, you've got to do like what we did in Tikong. We used to do it in Tutani. We, mm. You know, we do the, the identity part in the yep. first two. But now that's changed over to Tikong and... I, th- I think before we even get to the whare top of whare, we've got to get that sorted first. Mm. That becomes the foundation for the whare. Yeah, the identity. Yeah. Um, we use um, probably use the, the school motto too as part of the Modi mm. to help them identify with who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, tō hinga kore, You know, the warrior, that's, that's the fearless warrior, which is, you know, courage and no defeat. Mm-hmm. So we use that as a foundation too, in Tuitani, and then um, with the boys like Pepeha, because some of our boys have a, you know, haven't found their, can't get their Pepeha, mm-hmm. so we use the school one as well mm-hmm. um, as part of our foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about Tutane and where that came from and why that was brought in as, a, as part of the Year 10 curriculum. What was, what was the idea behind that? You know, a lot of our boys are come from single parent families and, you know, just wanted to build strong young men mm-hmm. um, by surrounding them with um, with good values embodied by good mentors, mm-hmm. not just within the school, but within the, the community. So mm-hmm. we've got the Gisborne Police, which was another good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we used to see a police car on the school, you know, the drug drug dogs are here or mm-hmm. someone's been caught bunking or mm-hmm. someone's done something that they shouldn't have done. Yeah, yeah. But after a while of doing too tiny and then we see the police car, oh, Uncle Bruce is here. That's right. Or Uncle Chaffee's here. Yeah. You know, did it change the, the, the perception of the police and mm-hmm. um, seeing them as good positive role models. Mm-hmm. Um, so too tiny was mainly about started off um, building strong young men, starting off with identity. Uh, term on identity, knowing who they are, then it moved into relationships with others mm-hmm. and their perceptions, you know, of other people's perceptions, then values. Mm-hmm. What was the last one? They come in different stages. We yeah. had a whole heap of them. Up there. And it was about reaching the, the the peak of the manga, and that was kind of the the camp at the end of the year, wasn't yeah. it? When you were you were um, sharing all your ideas that you've built up over the year. I remember um, the really important community liaison really with having the policeman come in and he came in along to your class so you had one classroom class every single week and you'd have a a policeman in there with you and they'd go away on the camp with you and it just built up a really good relationship with the boys and with each other and with with with, um (coughs) with with peers too Mm. the the biggest thing i think was at the end of the year and they went on the camp Mm. and they had the the fire ceremony Mm -hmm. The night after, they spent a night out in solitary um, in, in, in a camp. Yeah, yeah, under a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the biggest things. Yeah. yeah. Probably the, another thing with Tutani was a, was a part of that ritual what he was talking about for boys identify. I'm no longer, oh, I need to start being a man. Mm-hmm. And that was um, part of that whole ritual that was that, um, that Tutani process. But I think Derek Lardelli was involved in in, in part of you know, setting some of that up, mm. and he took um, some of the stages. What what Co just spoke about some of the parts like the values identity, and you related those to um, parts that Tane went through mm-hmm. um, when he was separating his parents. Tane tuturi, Tane pepeke, so. He went through all these different stages when he was separating his parents, um, when, he, when he come into the world of light. And when we relate that back to Tutani coming into the world of light, was when they were up the top of the mountain identifying, oh shit, this is where I am. <laughs> I need to start growing up and being a man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I thought that was not that was a good part. Having yeah. Derek's involvement in there and using that as sort of like a metaphor for all the different stages that the boys go through as a part of Tutani. Mm. And having all the um, all the challenges associated with it, you know, it was... The challenges, yeah. Yeah, f- you know, physical challenges, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, climbing up, um, you know, going on different hikoi around, and some real hard ones, and yeah. coming together as a group. You know, those, those, you know, essentially the education outside of the classroom really made that program, I think. Yeah. Um, and again, it gives you an opportunity to connect with the community. People from the community came along on those trips. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really good. Um, and a big part of it is, is um, there's a night where the boys need to bring in a, a male role model, might be their father, <coughs> older brother, and um, that's a part. That's a big part of engaging with Fanu. Mm. Um, <coughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah, that was a re- and and the idea that we sort of embodied the. Um, the, the whole program at the start of the year through planting a tree, the Putakawa tree, and we talked about the growth of that and the sort of <coughs> growth of the boys as well. 
Yeah. There was um, the last two tiny class that I took was a couple of years ago. Um, and that's why I started doing the kawa mm. in my classes. So with that class, you know, we put all these valleys up on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. their valleys. Then we connected them all up and then we put it into three words, Māori words that they all they all fitted in. Mm-hmm. You know, for Nonga Tonga was a big one, brotherhood yeah. and their families and friendships and all that kind of stuff. And then what we did is we put their kawa, made a karakia, mm-hmm. and then because you only had one, two tiny class a day or a week, we um, to make to remind us of their kawa, we did the the karakia every every um, every class. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point that it was so embodied in the class that one morning I wasn't there, or one 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 of the classes I was away in Murph took the PE class and he was outside waiting for the class to come outside. He said, geez, where are these boys? And he went into the to the chain and he said, well, what are you doing? Oh, we're waiting for you, so we've got to do a karakia. Mm. Oh, and he thought they were joking. Oh, no, you fellas are funny. No, no, no. So <laughs> we've got to do a karakia. And they did that. And he got, couldn't get over it and they did their karakia. Yeah. And so it just reminded them of their kawa every class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, bro, they were... They were tight, I mean, at the beginning of the year, because they were a mixture of mischief and a few good leaders. <laughs> and all the other class, class were looking at, oh man, those guys are play up, they play up. And we were losing all the class competition. But by the end of the year, they were so tight, I mean, they just couldn't be beaten. Amazing. Yeah, the yeah. old king ball, eh? <laughs> good times. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we did our uh, fire ceremony, you know, at the, at the end of that. Mm. Well, a few boys opened up. Mm. Yeah, quite emotional, mm. very emotional and hard hard to hear some of the stories, you know, as a teacher. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that that ceremony every year is probably one of the most, um, you know, privileged I've felt in education to be surrounded by teenage boys sharing things um, that really means a lot to them. You know, it, it shows that relationship's been built. I think the thing that's really good about it is that, that trust. Mm. It, it takes a lot for a young man to trust another friend to um, open up, mm-hmm. you know, their darkest times or their darkest secrets and just open it, put it out there and just, it's just like a release. Yeah. And like you said, that relationship's built up through the year. You wouldn't have been able to do that in the mm-hmm. first term or the first, you know, mm-hmm. few weeks of school. You have to really, you, you, you know, you've got to um, be persistent. I think that's really important too with young especially young Māori men, boys, because um, a lot, lot of our young Māori boys, you know, are taking their own their own lives because they're not brave enough to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And that's what's good about this, that Too Tiny program when we're thinking about that kind of stuff is that those boys feel brave enough to talk to someone and that's yeah. one of the biggest biggest um, fears for a young, any young uh, male teenager or any mm-hmm. young teenager, you know, at all. Mm. And it only carries on into adulthood as well, you know. It's, it's hard for, for lots of people to open up. And if it's encouraged through your teenage years, through people that you respect and trust, it's probably something that you can hopefully build on. Some of those things that the boys talk about, you know, they're quite heavy. Mm. Oh, and they really? bottle, bottle it up and it just eats away. And so yeah. that's the good thing about Too Tiny. Yeah. Two, another one. Mm. And, and then from there, right, they just, they just flourish. Right? Mm. They flourish and at school, they just... You know, they're just different. Their energy's different. They they they're willing 
this terrain is a lot different. The whole outlook on life is different. They're a lot more positive and stronger mm. for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's part of that whakawhanaingatanga thing too. Mm. And part of that process, what, what I remember in my tutana class was me talking about my my own experiences as a young fella and that the relationship that was created out, out of opening myself up to the boys because they're doing the same, you know, that they, they looked at me as, a, as, a, as another male role model for them. They're like, shit, Sue's been through a rough time too in his life. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that's, that, that sort of um, gives you another, I suppose, uh, another level in terms of your relationship with the boys because they, they get to see how you are personally mm-hmm. outside of, you know, you give them an insight into who you are and mm. um, something you wouldn't normally do in a classroom. Um, and it gives you another opportunity to do that because when you're inside the classroom, everyone switches to their normal modes of, you're the teacher, I'll listen to you, mm. <laughs> I'll sit down, I'll get on with it. When you're outside the classroom, it's a more level playing field, isn't it? You can be mm. a lot more open and a, bit, a lot more honest. Now, I know another area that, um, has resurrected both of your professional rugby careers in communi- um, in connecting with the community is, is to do with the Tairawhiti men in rugby, um, which I think is a is a way as well to to make educators and teachers seem like more like human beings <coughs> and not sort of policing the, the school and the community. Tell us a bit more where Tairawhiti men in rugby came from and some of the things that you feel like you might have achieved over. The, the world. Do you do, it, do, you do no, it as well, Ryan? I'm too busy with first 15 then. Oh, yeah. My young fella, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You've been involved, well, yeah. With me, I think it's um, building relationships because um, <clears throat> through that relationship, with, it's not just high schools, it's primary and intermediate as well. Mm, so tell us about what, what does it involve? What is it? It's just a group of, um, it's a group of young, oh, you know, male teachers getting together mm-hmm. and, you know, sharing ideas. Um, Started off as a, like a, a social thing, getting together, just talking and playing games, you know, mm-hmm. play, have a rugby game. But then it turned into um, you know, stuff about sharing ideas around teaching mm-hmm. and then you know, have, going to other schools and visiting or yeah. talking about, you know, they'll, they'll tell us about students that they've had that are coming to Boys High. Mm-hmm. It became that. And then we went into playing other other areas like Waikato, mm-hmm. um, Hamilton, mm-hmm. and we'd go over there and play them. But what they do the day before and the day of is some teachers, or some of the men would go over there early and visit other schools. That's right, yeah. And you know, build that relationship up before the game. But it was also like a PD. Well, what are you doing in your school? Well, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So it was like a PPL yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but also on top of that, you know, for a lot of the teachers involved, is you know, these students coming to the games and watching, mm-hmm. having a laugh. <laughs> Waiting for them to get smashed. You, go, <laughs> you got smashed, sir. <laughs> well, me, sir, you were mean in the ruck. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. But seeing the teachers of people that they look up to yeah. out there having a good time, having a, good, a game, you know, playing a game that they're into themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just another way of building a, that relationship with the teacher. Yeah. Um, Seeing another human side. Yeah. 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 Being a role model and, you know, having a good time and making some good connections with other schools and teachers at the other schools as well. Yeah. 
I think it's an awesome idea. And whenever I've travelled around the country, going to different places, I've always bumped into, especially um, the Hawks Bay team's quite a big one, isn't it? They've yeah. got quite a few people yep. involved in that, and we've always got something to talk talk about. And um, yeah, I remember that day when they came into the Mind Lab, and you guys did a little yeah, talk. Yeah, that, was cool. um, that was really good. Yeah, it's a great way to network. And yeah, I think you're exactly right, Ryan. Just showing that you're a human, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of it, isn't it? There's a lot of fuck off on Nangatanga as well, mate. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, a lot of people, in education could learn a lot from Nangatanga. Communities of learning, you know, collaborative learning. Um, <clears throat> we're teaching the haka, bro. Mm-hmm. And when we come in, I taught them the words and the actions. And then I just let them go for it for two days, but I just come in and sit down. So what are we doing? Go into your groups and do haka and just, just sit there and watch them. <laughs> I just watch them for two days and then after the second day, it, you know, come to the third day, after the first two days and set them down and go, so I pause. And they go, what are we doing today, Sue? So well, we'll just sit there and have a chat. He goes, oh, okay. Um, what have you learnt for the last two days? He goes, oh, we've learnt a haka. I said, oh, yeah. What else have you learnt? They couldn't answer, so what have I been doing for the last two days? And they didn't want to say it. <laughs> they didn't want to say it. They just looked at me and said, oh, uh, um, so I've done, I've done bugger all, boys. Last two days, I've done no teaching. He goes, oh, well, who's done the teaching? Oh, well, we have. So what have you learnt? So, oh, we, we taught ourselves. He goes, yeah. Mm. So, in, you know, so in Tikang, it's all about it's collaborative learning too mm-hmm. we, you know we, we know some kids are more influenced by their peers so yeah, what, what, I, what I found from doing that exercise with them is that there were some boys that stepped up mm-hmm. and, um, and led you know so we found leaders we found guys that you know that, that shared ideas or you know sharing their past ideas or what they've learnt no 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 it's this action it's this action mm-hmm. oh yeah that's right that's right so yeah. Yeah, there became a bit of a lesson about learning and willing to accept someone else's advice. Mm. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things that those boys learnt was, you know, geez, we could teach ourselves, you know, if we if we guided the right way. Yeah. Um, and they they did a better job of teaching themselves the haka than I did. Very sharp, man. Yeah. Very amazing. Sharp. That's a big part, right? Through tikanga's. Boys, so boys might be away, right, you go with him, he's going to teach you the karakia. You go with him, he's going to teach you this part of the pōhiri. Mm. Um, another good thing is, as a part of, the way they were brought on this year is um, we run a pōhiri between the classes. So the boys, are, we learn all about it, and then the boys go through their process, they run the pōhiri. Mm. Um, except for the karanga, but everything else mm. we do, and we finish off with the hanga. Mm. that the boys prepare oh, yeah. and, um, and it's all part of those things so it's part of that, those concepts whakawhanaunga tanga, kaitiakitanga manakitanga, mm-hmm. which is another big thing and it's just giving those boys some a real life situation where, where those things are applied yeah. Um, mm. yeah. yeah that's probably a big thing that coalition it's part of that course the, probably the big reason that I wanted it set up was to give all the boys the confidence to operate um, comfortably and without mm. fear within those multicultural contexts that they, a lot of them don't, don't know about. Mm. Um, the, like I spoke about at the start, the in-depth stuff, so um, that's what it's about, giving them that confidence and um, doing those things without fear. Mm. And, uh, 
That, that's that Māori, eh, Wayne? <laughs> yeah. That, that part of every, all of our, our Māori kids, they got that thing of Māori tiki tiki a tāranga in them with their, their cheeky. <laughs> you know, it's, in the past, you know, people been thinking, you know, oh, that's, you know, that kid's, um, you know, been um, naughty. You know? <laughs> but that's just the way Māori kids are. They, they feed on laughter, but yeah, they've yeah. been cheeky. That's the thing I miss the most, you know, yeah. every day. It just gives you energy, you know. Yeah. You come come out of school in the day, you're not tired. You're like, boy, oh, I had such a wicked time in my year nine. It's <laughs> so yeah. funny. That's what they feed off, man. It's the energy. Yeah. It's they laughter. You laugh, make them laugh, or they, you know, you, you make them laugh. Yeah. They just, they're just sponges when after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's right, you know, fearless. Mm. You know, learn with no fear. You know, it's not bad to make a mistake. It's not bad to make things right. Mm-hmm. What it is, is just making the same mistake over and over all the time. Yeah, yeah. And having no one to guide you, that is the wrong mistake. Yeah. Know, it's, it's, yeah. That's you all we are, we, we sort of do guide them. But the, the other thing is, like I said, making them comfortable to operate within those, those cultural contexts. But it's giving them an insight into the beauty of the Māori culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's nothing to fear. So this is what it's about. It's about manaakitanga boys at the end of the day. It's about whakawhanaungatanga. All these things bringing people together and they love it. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, shit, the poor is pretty cool. Where before they didn't like it because they didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a learning for me as well. You know, coming from England 12 years ago, I didn't know what was going on when I first came to Boys High and, you know, we'd have the puffery at the start of the year. And in your camper van, ain't <laughs> Getting laughed out of the cover. And then, you know, going through and being, um, being a uh, house leader of the house and then getting up on stage with Tongaro and doing the haka and, you know, it sort of really expanded my understanding of, of what it was all about. And it's easy for us, especially in education, to assume that because you're a Māori student, you know all about tikanga, you know what to do on the marae, but, and that makes it even more uncomfortable yep. for the students, so you have to open it up for everyone, don't you? Yep, yep, and that's sort of what's a big reason behind that, setting up that course. Mm. Um, heaps of those boys do go on the marae, but they don't actually know what's going fully. on, yeah. yeah, just on their phones, yeah, yeah. in the car. Uh, and like when we, when we break it right down the pohiri, even the hongi, how to do it properly, where it come from, mm-hmm. the story behind it, and um, and it's cool, you got all the boys doing hongi all the time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Little things like that, um, you know, it's had a positive impact on, on the school. Yeah, it's definitely changed in the, you know, yeah. the sort of 10 or 15 years that I've been involved in Bulls High School. Yeah, yeah. You can just notice the vibe when you walk in. It's yeah, a lot different yeah. now. There's a lot of boys come in with a negative um, perception about it, mm. or why am I involved in this Māori thing. Mm. Um, and they come in, hey, from the, right from the get-go, it's negative, but geez, after a few lessons, it flips pretty quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. And um, they open their eyes up, and then when I meet their parents, their parents are just like, their parents were the same. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, my boy's coming home saying this is his favourite subject. Yeah. Um, yeah. They wanted to do it instead of science. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about getting some of the parents in along to these sessions, you know, around the tikanga and so That's on? That's probably the next stage. Yeah. Um, and that'll probably be around when we do a pōhiri. So mm. part of that will be taking their parents through the pōhiri and into a yeah. hāngi at the end and the boys get up and do, do a bit of kōrero. That would be awesome, isn't it? Oh, they love it. They mm. love tikanga. Mm. How do you... Um, 
I know a question which many of our participants, and we'll probably finish on this, many of our participants are interested in is they'll be teaching in schools with very few Māori learners, and it'll be all, maybe some of them up to sort of 90% Pacifica um, students. How have you found, because I know we have quite a few Pacifica boys coming here at Gizzy Boys High School, how, how does that work in understanding the different cultural backgrounds and diverse cultures? I've had some Tongan boys, you know, talk about their pepeha. Mm. You know, What's your mountain in Tonga? You said there's your mountain. You know, use your use your um your identity from there and put it up. Mm-hmm. Or in here with uh, for Kaido, you know, a lot of the Tongan boys will instead of doing all this kind of stuff, they do the Pacifica yeah. stuff. You know, and they're pretty cool, isn't it? You know, they said I understand what you're saying because I was a student in a school that was mainly. Um, you know, Pacifica and Asian and Pākehā mm. and there was only a minority of us Māori kids there and I know exactly what, what you're saying and what those teachers will be thinking about too but you know, as a student in those schools for myself whenever we did something Māori that really picked me up mm-hmm. and um, even though it wasn't that much at, at the time you know, it was, it was a lot for me mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me mm. yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that comes down to part of setting the, cl- the classroom colour. Um, you know, you can make everyone's part of creating what goes on in that class. Um, might be using some of the things that the, the Tongan boys do. It might be a Tongan waiata that we'll learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's getting all that um, participation from everyone and creating that colour. But the big thing for me around this class is, is um, when we set it up, is about normalising those multicultural practices. So, um, go back to Te Riti or Waitangi, whatever. Um, it's part of who we are as New Zealanders, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I say at the first class. The first class, you know, uh, Maori culture is a part of who we are. Um, it's a part of who you are, regardless of your background. Your, your, you all live in this country we call Aotearoa, um, and it's about normalising that, uh, so they, like I said, when it comes back to, so they can operate comfortably in these multicultural contexts that are part of the, the society we live in in New Zealand. And Gisborne Boys High School, it's a big part of our school, and that, that was normalising all of that. So this is why we do it. Um, this is how we do it. They need to be uh, scared anymore, you know. Uh, you're part of this, and it's part of you. And yeah, I think that's how you how you put it into classrooms. The multicultural stuff is it's it's part of everyone here. If you want to live in this country, I mean, you learn a language from a culture. Everyone has every culture has a different perspective on learning. Mm-hmm. And if you the more languages you learn, the more perspectives about learning, education, you, you, you learn. Yeah. So what that happens, you'll find that, you know, people that travel a lot and learn languages, they're more they're more worldly because they've learnt the language and they've learnt perspectives from different cultures. Yeah. And so they see the picture as a whole, yeah. not as a flat two D picture, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. they turn that three D picture into a three dimensional art piece. Yeah. Because of the different perspectives, and that's yeah. how I explained it to the kids. Yeah. And said so also, if you look at the, the structure of the language, it's the same structure as every other language. The only one that's different is English. English and German. Namihi Kikora, thanks so much for your time. It's been uh, enlightening, as usual, to spend time with you guys and um, talk shop.
it's good. Often we don't often talk shop too much, but um, yeah, I'm always learning. And yeah, it's been awesome um, hearing from you. I hope our participants have got some, maybe some more questions. And if they have got any more questions, I'll fire them at you. And um, they'll, they'll be keen to get in touch. So, These podcasts are published under Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Division 4.0 International. The music used in the intro and outro is a track called Siesta by Jazar from the Free Music Archive and is licensed under a Attribution Share Like 3.0 and Ported. T.A. Modi order. Thank you.